0: Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howell. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. The last time I was with you, uh, I was ministering on Jesus for Sale. You all remember that? Jesus for Sale. And then I shared with you that... uh, if Jesus is for sale in your life, eventually Satan will find your price. If there's a price that the world can offer you to eventually put you in a position where you will back away from the things of God, eventually Satan we'll find your price. If there's something that the devil can offer you that will keep you carnal, Satan eventually will find that price. If there is something that the devil can do, if he can orchestrate circumstances, And situations in your life that eventually will put you in a position where you say you love Jesus, but you don't pray. You say that you love Jesus, but you never study the Bible. I'm not talking about in church. But you never spend time in the word of God. Now, I have enough sense, and this is not, you know, deep spiritual discernment. But I have enough sense to know that if you're not spending time reading the word of God, you're spending time doing something else. And if Satan could have his way with all of us, he will set up situations, circumstances. He will even uh, bring people into our lives. That eventually out of that relationship, that fellowship, we will find ourselves slowly but surely being seduced away from our precious special time that we would normally spend with God. Now, you must agree with me, and certainly those of you who are watching on our e-church, that it would be very, very difficult for you to maintain any measure of spirituality without prayer. And you would certainly agree with me that it would be very, very difficult to maintain any measure of victory in this life without studying and listening to the word of God. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Last Sunday, just a quick overview. uh, We we know the story in Matthew uh, 26. Where Judas uh, sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver yes and in that time that would have been about $19 and something cents for 30 pieces of silver Judas sold him out then I shared with you last Sunday that everybody knows that part yes but very few very little teaching has ever been given on what Judas lost I think that's kind of when we left the service last Sunday but, but let me just uh, marinate here for a second because Judas sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. Could it be that Judas sold Jesus out because, remember, in the Garden of Gethsemane where the disciples were and Jesus was praying, you all Remember? Jesus came to the disciples and they were asleep and he, he told them, you know, could you not pray with me? You, you, you know, you all know that story, right? But could it be the reason that Judas sold Jesus out is because he was not at the prayer meeting? Because When Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane praying because he knew he was going to the cross, not only for you and I, but he was going to the cross for Judas. But while Jesus was praying in the garden of Gethsemane, notice Judas wasn't there. Have you ever been in a church where the pastor has called a prayer meeting? And you didn't deem it important to attend. That, that's what happened to Judas. Y'all getting quiet on me now. But but is it, is it a possibility, Minister Clayton, that the reason Judas slipped up is because he was not at the prayer meeting? Now, now notice the disciples who were at the prayer meeting, they were... They were asleep, but they were at least at the meeting. So sometimes just being at the prayer meeting sleep is enough to keep you from yielding to the devil. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Now, now, let, let's, 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 let's move on. The, the Bible says... For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses soul? Or what will a person, what will a man, look at me, what will you give in exchange for your soul? That do not answer too quick. because Judas gave it for $19. The Bible says, what does it profit a man if you gain the whole world? I mean, you're rolling in the high life. But you have lost your soul. And then the word of God goes on to say, what will a man, what will you Is there something, maybe it hasn't happened yet, but is there something that the devil could offer you that you would literally turn your back on Jesus for? Now don't look at me cocky because people have. Some people have turned their back on Jesus for a man or for a woman or for popularity or notoriety. Or education and certainly for money. For a car, for a house. Proud of getting that car they was at the prayer meeting at church. Now that they got the car on Sundays, they're under a tree at full Park waxing it. Ooh, Jesus suppose, surmise, or think with me for a moment, maybe there's some things that God wants you to have that you want to have, but he knows if you get it, you'll turn away from him. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Is this this good? I, 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 I want you to be married. But if you get a husband, would you stop spending time with me? I I want you to get that new job. I want you to make more money. But but if I open a door for you to make more money, will you forget about me? And and I'm, I'm coming to you mothers. I want you to have children. But if I give you a son and a daughter, will you love them more than you love me? Because before you had your children, you used to pray. Now that you have children, you use them as an excuse. It's getting quiet in this Pentecostal church. You see, I'm just simply trying to paint a picture that we don't be too harsh on Judas. Because we can be acting like him and not know it. Because the right price hasn't been offered. I, I don't know if they still do, but I know growing up as a kid, I would go over to different people's houses and I would hear uh, them saying on certain programs, "The price is right." Y'all remember that? And help me now, because it's a little foggy. But wouldn't wouldn't they? Uh, the host, or whatever his name, Barker, B- who? Yeah, y'all know, come on, don't play me now. And, and he would call people's names, right? He would say their name and say, come on down. And man, w- when their name gets called, man, I mean, you, you, know the, you know the person whose name is being, you don't know who's in the, in the audience, but when their name is called, everybody going to know who it is. Because they jump and, and, and holler and, and they run on down. They're nervous. They want to hug him. I mean, they're excited because they on the price is right. And I'm just simply saying to you today. Would you today be more spiritual? If the devil had not found your price. I want to come down, but they told me to stay up here. You you know, I got in trouble last week. (laughs) But that's why. I always tell my story about how poor I was growing up as a child. Marcus Lamb, the owner of Daystar, he told me in uh, in Dallas when we was on the program, he said, never stop telling your story about being raised in a shack with no lights and no running water when it rained putting cans out. And eating spoiled food because without electricity, you can't keep your food cold. And so the neck bones and pinto beans that you ate yesterday is not like the day where, you know, you feed kids today. And then, you know, the next day they say, mom and dad, you know, what are we having? When I was growing up, you you ate. If you ate some from the pot of beans and neck bones, you didn't have to wonder what was going to we're going to eat tomorrow. Because if you didn't eat it all today, guess what? And, and my daddy, it was just my daddy and I, and he fixed a pot of beans and neck bones. Now, some of you don't remember this, but neck bone was almost free. They used to throw the neck bones on the, in the, on the back of the store as scraps until they start seeing people out on the porch getting the neck bones. And the owners of the store went and got the neck bones on the porch and put them back in the cooler and started selling them to us. Are you all listening to me? But that was my journey. Are you listening? And I have never allowed myself to forget where I came from because where I came from prepared me for today. So that now that the Lord has done a great thing in my life, you don't get snooty. And even today, even today, I still get on the ground. Today. While you're asleep, 30 some years later, as a pastor, I still get on the ground while you're asleep at 2 or 3 in the morning. And it doesn't make any difference if it's raining or snow on the ground. I still get on the ground and I pray. Because it's hard to be prideful when you land on the ground. And God promised that if you would humble yourself, he said, I don't care how many enemies you have. I don't care who don't like you. I don't care who come against you. If you'll humble yourself under my mighty hand, I will exalt you. And there's nothing the devil can do about it. Ooh, Jesus. And so again, Perhaps Judas sold Jesus out because he was not at the prayer meeting. Let's go to chapter 27 because I want to share with you, and you would be some upset with me to end the service, when you came today to hear about what Judas lost. When I promised you last Sunday that we would... uh, Are you in Matthew chapter 27? Let's look together at verse number three. If you're there, say amen. Matthew 27, verse number three. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was, some of your translations say Remorseful. Any other translations here? What, what, what is in your Bible for the word remorseful? Anybody else have a different word? Raise your hand if you got a different word, word there than remorseful. What is your word? Okay, with the mask on, I can't hear. Can you say it loud? Repent. Repent. Okay, a, a, a good translation here is the word remorseful look at this. Judas was what? Remorseful. And he brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. Look what he said. He he said, I have sinned. I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, I don't care. Your Bible says, what is that to us? But I said the same thing. What is that? What is that? We don't, I don't care. They said, you see to it. In other words, the the, the religious leader said to Judas, Judas came back, wanted to give him the money back. He was remorseful. He said, I've shed innocent blood, and this is what the world will do with you. They'll draw you out of the church. They'll. This is what some crooked man will do that the devil sent to you and not God. You'll always know when God sent you somebody because when God sends you somebody, your life is elevated. Spiritually and otherwise. Oh, Jesus. God sends you help. So Judas wanted to give the money back. And they said, We don't have nothing to do with it. In other words, they were saying, you done what we wanted you to do. And we're through with you. And that's the way the world is. They will use you. They will chew you up. And when you get to a place where you're no good for nothing, then the world will cast you aside. And the man you left Jesus for will leave you. And the woman you left Jesus for will leave you. And the money you left Jesus for will dry up. I can't tell you how many people I've seen who have got a whole lot of money and can't walk. Are you listening to me? Got all that money, but they can't buy health. No, they can't buy healing. Because there's a whole lot of health clinics. But there's, a one, there's only one healing clinic. Preach, boy, preach. There's a whole lot of health clinics. But there's only one healing clinic, and that's Jesus. Jesus. Everybody, every fine first-class hospital, first-class doctors—all of them are practicing medicine. Jesus is the only one not practicing. Whatever prescription that Jesus assigns to you, it will work a cure and a healing in your. Body. Preach, boy, preach. Mm-hmm. So, so let's 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 move on here with the, with the time is getting away. What what verse did we stop at? Saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, what is it to us? You see to it. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hung himself. God of mercy. Let's go on. But the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, it is not lawful to put them into the treasury because they are the price of blood. The priest priest said, uh, that's blood money. And they consulted together and brought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Therefore the field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, and they took the 30 pieces of silver, the value of him who was priced, whom they of the children of Israel pierced and gave them for the potter's field. As the Lord directed me. Man, this is this is good stuff. Now, I want to draw your attention real quick to verse, verse number. Verse number. Verse number three. Just just put up verse number three. I want to help you now. Because Judas sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Yes? He denied Jesus and sold out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. $19 and something cents in that day. But didn't Peter? You, you, you last Sunday we don't have time but you remember uh, uh, Judas said the, the man I kiss wh- whoever I kiss that's the one that you arrest and and Judas walked up to Jesus and kissed him yes and and Peter yes reached and grabbed a soldier's sword and cut the soldiers' come on church, this is ABCs in the Bible. And did what? He cut his ear off. And I said to you last Sunday, Peter cut them. Peter was not aiming for the soldier's ear. Peter was a fisherman. What was Peter? Peter was a fisherman. He was not a military man. Peter in reality, was was endeavoring to cut the man's head off. But because he was not skilled with a sword, he hit his ear. And, oh, Jesus. And the only reason Peter even took the sword is because he was trying to confirm and back up his testimony a few verses earlier about when he told Jesus, if somebody try to get you, I'm ready to die with you. And Jesus turned to Peter. Now, get a hold of this. Just a few verses prior to that, uh, Jesus, Peter spoke up by the Spirit of God and said, uh, thou art the Christ, the Son of of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. And the church is shouting. Just a few more verses later, Peter, amen. He's feeling real spiritual now. Because Jesus untold everybody. Oh, God. Jesus told everybody. Oh, Peter. Flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my father, and I can see old Peter. Yeah, looking at James and John, Bartholomew, yeah, that's right. He revealed it to me. Yeah. And then a few verses later, Jesus said something else, and Peter in essence says, I rebuke you, Jesus. You're not going to die at the cross. I'll take your place. And Jesus, the same Jesus, said to the same Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. For the words that you speak are not the words of my father. So now you get a better picture in the garden of Gethsemane when Peter takes the sword. Peter is trying to confirm what he said. He's trying to make what he said. When Jesus said it's a lie, he's trying to make it a truth. So was Peter was really being motivated from pride. And pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a great fall. That's why you single women, if you're going to get married at all, if you are believing God to get married, you find a man who's a humble man. Humble before God, because if he's full of pride, he will drag down everything connected to him. You want a man that is never too prideful to get on his knees and cry out to God for direction. Because if he gets direction for himself, he'll get direction for you. And he'll get direction for his family. Sad part about it, most church folks don't know how to date. So they date like Hollywood told them. So they wind up having sex before they get married. (laughs) not bad people just don't know how to date and because they don't know how to date they date the way the world tells them to date and so the longer they date the more the higher the risk the higher the percentage the higher the chances they're going to have sex ain't nobody saying nothing but I'm going to speak truth when you have sex outside of marriage, you obliterate, you remove trust in the union. It's, it's when we're dating that you tell me no, that I know that when I marry you, you're going to tell the next Negro, I mean the next person no. I was going to say Negro, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare say that other word. I wouldn't dare say that other word. But, but listen to me. How, How do I know you won't give up? Give it up. The only way I'm going to know is while we're dating, you don't give it up to me. And I know my rap is tight. Ain't nobody let me come on my side. So if I can lay down my best rap and I still can't unwrap the package, explain it to your children. That's what tells me you can be trusted. That's what tells you I can be trusted. Now, I'm not saying, you know, if trust has been lost, that it can't be gained, but it's hard. Oh, Jesus. Lord, how did I get on that? Somebody needed that before they fell in a hole. Because when God sends you a man, he's not trying to take you to bed. When God sends you a woman, she's not trying to seduce you and take you to bed. When God sends you somebody, their major goal is that your walk with God will only increase because of their influence. Y'all real quiet on me. Lord, give me something to make them shout. So in verse 3, the Bible says that, that Judas was remorseful. Now, notice in verse 3, 4, and 5, and even 6, that when Judas was remorseful about what he had done, notice, oh God, that he never looked at Jesus, and Jesus was in the room. And notice that Judas didn't address Jesus. He addressed the Sanhedrin. He addressed the religious leaders. It wasn't to Jesus that he said, I'm wrong. If he would have said to Jesus what he said to the religious leaders, he could have been forgiven. If he would have spoke to Jesus, he was saying, in essence, I'm sorry for what I've done. Oh, God, do you you see the difference? When you have a repentant heart, you you don't talk to somebody else. You talk to the one you offended. If you've if you've done something to me, you can't go to somebody else and get forgiveness. Are, Are you listening to me? If you've done me wrong, you can't go to my wife and be forgiven. Her forgiveness ain't going to work. You didn't offend her. Oh, is this good? Now, I'm going to say something that I don't have enough time to say it. Because. Say it again. Say it one more time. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. This is so theologically deep that that I don't want to make you sink. (laughs) But I don't believe Judas is in in hell. (laughs) (laughs) Let me give you them three things. Three things. (laughs) Hey, Judas lost three things. He lost his salvation. Satan will seek to steal our salvation as he did with Judas. He lost his soul. God made each of us uh, a living soul in Genesis 2 and 7, and he he lost his Savior. He he lost his Savior because Jesus is the only way to heaven. But where did he go? Now, I don't have time today. I just want to to leave you with this. The church, the church majors on putting people in hell. And Jesus majors on getting people out. And while you're looking at me with your self-righteous two eyeballs, you're going to be surprised Are the people you're going to see in heaven? Because some people that you think is going to be there, all they're doing in front of you is putting on a show. But while we're majoring on and seem to take joy in putting people in hell, Jesus majors on getting people out. So much so that while he was hanging on the cross, his side had been pierced, blood and water running out. The Sanhedrin, the cent- not the Sanhedrin, but that's a religious leader, but the centurion of the Roman leader, when he saw all of what was going on. You remember, the Bible says, and Jesus looked up, And he gave up his spirit. In other words, they didn't kill him. Jesus released the Holy Ghost. Jesus released the Holy Ghost. And when he released his spirit, his body went limp. Just like your body without the spirit will fall to the ground. That's why when you take your last breath, your spirit immediately goes to God, but your body goes back to the dust from which it was formed. Are you listening to me? And the, and the centurion said, he said, surely this must be the son of God. I believe at that moment he got saved. And the Bible says that when Jesus took his last breath, that the veil in the temple was rent from Bottom to the top. That means man didn't tear it. The Bible said it was rent from the top to the bottom. So the spirit of God that was behind the veil of the holies of holies, when that thing was rent, the Holy Ghost was released to get in you and to get in me and to get in you and to get in you and to get in you. you. And the Bible says that when Jesus released his spirit, that the graves, that people in the grave, that the graves opened up to God of mercy. And many who were in the grave got up and start walking through the city. Jesus, I wish they had time. And the reason they got up, the Bible says that when Jesus gave up his spirit, he went down into the lower parts of the earth and he preached. And the dead in him got up and started walking through the city. And if you're saved today, here's the kicker, if you're not saved, everyone please stand. Because we don't have much time. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. We got floods happening all around the world, earthquakes. People paying a whole lot of money for condominiums on to be flattened in them like pancakes. Seems as though everything man is building up is falling down. Holy Ghost, says, say that again. It seems as though everything man has tried to build up is falling down. The Tower of Babels are falling again. Again. And they're falling, it seems as though, even around the church so that the church can scatter again and go tell people about Jesus. Because we have gotten comfortable in the temple. Everything in the temple is caught fish. Jesus said, I'll make you fishers of men. He said, go out into the highway. Go out into the byway. Compel them to come. And he didn't take compel them because they wouldn't come. He said, compel them because they're already ready to come. Glory to God. Wow, what an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue kansas city missouri 64117 or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org be blessed